Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back ain't better than ever. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance guests on the Goodyear Hotline. Here we go. We're wall to wall on the NFL today. We got rookie quarterbacks. We got coaches losing their minds. We got the real MVP, and we got the best division, which is also the worst. Let's do this. Here we go. Only one place to start. Well, the one place to start is my favorite place to start on Mondays is uh, my compadres here. Good enough to hang out after we wrap up. Get up and join me in the studio with the Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Ryan Clark and Dan Orlovsky are with me again here today. Fellas, thank you as always. And let's I just want to be taller than everybody. Let's dive right into it. RC is standing up and I like it. So, so let's start with this. Uh, the game of the day to me was Tampa Buffalo. And there were so many things that came out of it because I said the Bucks proved themselves to be a Super Bowl team. But I actually want to start with Josh Allen because with the exception of maybe George Kittle, I thought he was the best player in the sport yesterday. I, I was blown away by how Josh Allen hung in there, fought, and at times seemed completely by himself. Yeah, I completely agree. I'd say, number one, it's the best game that Josh Allen has played this year. All right, his mic is not turned on. We have a whole bunch of new people in here today. Yo, yo, yo. Can, I can you hear tell me, though? Immediately. Yeah, Dan's mic is not on. So, RC, I'll let you yeah. have a quick thought first here while no, we try I, and I, figure I think, out I think Josh Allen, Josh Allen was my, huge, my biggest takeaway from the game yesterday. This was a dude that we've all said the entire year because they refused to run the football, everything has been on his shoulders. He played that way yesterday, the way he ran the football, the way he fought, the plays he made down the stretch. I think everything that ended up happening in that game only happens because of Josh Allen's refusal to lose that football game. I don't care what it looks like on the TV. Just come in and fix Dan's microphone. There's, there's no point in his being here if it doesn't work. I'm Go using ahead, our Danny. seas now. Yeah. Um, I'd say that I agree with you, Greeny. I think that that was the best game that we've seen Josh Allen play this year. He's had... Started the season relatively well in some downs and best game we've seen him play both, both as a thrower and using his legs. It's also the best I have felt about the Buffalo Bills as a team since the beginning of the season. Since the entering the season, I thought they were one of the best teams in the NFL. They've hit a rough patch, but for their ability to hang in there, not cave, play, because I thought Tampa Bay's defense was fantastic yeah. yesterday for the most yeah. part of the game. So best I've seen Josh this season and the most Comfortable and confident, I feel, about the, the Buffalo Bills. I, I'm with you, particularly for them to come back and make that a game in the second half. Because at halftime yesterday, it was like, oh, Buffalo's done. Right. They lost that horrible right. game on Monday night against the, the, the Patriots. And then they're getting obliterated by Tampa. And it's like, okay, forget it. Buffalo was done. For them to fight back, make that an overtime game, and turn it into whatever it is that it ultimately became, Green, that gave you what, something. What's crazy about that is early on in that game, I, I tweeted, we have to start seeing Buffalo for who they are. Mm. Because at that point, after losing to New England the way that they did, they did, uh, being down to Tampa in that manner, I was like, maybe Buffalo isn't the team we expected them to be coming into the season. And they also hadn't played in a way throughout the season that made you think they could be in the conversations with the New England Patriots, with the Kansas City Chiefs. But when you watched them yesterday down the stretch, Cole Beasley getting involved, obviously Stephon Diggs being able to do the things that he did, and also Knox at the tight end. When Josh Allen plays at that level, this team is a championship contender. Greeny with uh, Danny and Ryan Clark here. If your pet is uh, presented, if your pet is hurt in a, in a car accident, uh, we could mention that Progressive pays up to $1,000 in vet expenses with free pet coverage. Visit Progressive.com. His mic, by the way, guys, is still not on. So feel free to come in and do something about it. But by no means should we be worried about we'll how it looks. It. We will just share a microphone in the meantime on the other side. Cowboys-Washington yesterday is the game that we were all excited to see. Would Washington make this a division? 
And the two things that happened were the opposite of what I expected. One, Dallas's defense dominates the game. Mm-hmm. And two, Dak Prescott almost gave it back. Yeah. Dan, what's going on with Dak Prescott right yeah, now? D- Dak Prescott is regressing right now. Uh, over the last six, seven weeks, he's gotten progressively worse. I'd say the number one reason playing-wise, he is playing scared football. He is scared to trust the pocket. He is scared to be convicted with his eyes when it comes to being a runner. There's an inconsistency with his eyes and feet. Some plays, he's, he looks like, okay, I know exactly what the defense is doing. I'm going to be aggressive with the ball. And then there's plays where you're going, you're just trying to get the ball to your hands as quickly as possible. So that's what I mean by when you're playing scared. Maybe, see, people say maybe it's not comfortable. Uh, and I'd say this, he hasn't played against a good defense and played well since New England. That's two months ago. We have two months of a body of work. And I don't know if it's attached to the ankle from last year or the calf yeah. from this year, but I know that what used to be a strength of Dak Prescott's was his ownership of the pocket is right now a weakness, and that is a big issue for Dallas moving forward. What do you think, RC? Well, when the season started, Greeny, remember how we would come in here on Monday and we would talk about how multiple the Dallas Cowboys yes. could be? And we'd yeah. say, we thought of, like, go back to Tampa Bay. When Tampa Bay made them throw the football, we was like, Dak is so ready for these opportunities. And if he has to throw the football, he can do it. It's not seeming that way anymore. And I don't know if it's the lack of a run game or that play action isn't the same. But when you look at some of the decision making and you couple that with some of the off-target throws we're seeing from Dak Prescott, he isn't... And, it's, and, and when Dan talks about regression, sometimes you see people like regress from year to year. Yeah. Right now, we're seeing Dak Prescott regress in the same year. Yeah. To go for playing at an MVP level, not one week, but for seven weeks. And to now be this over the last month, it is absolutely mind-boggling to me because it, it seems mental. Like sometimes the, like when the physical is off, you can see that when a guy is kind of hampered or the shoulder, like some of the stuff we've seen with Baker Mayfield, yeah. that's not what going, what's going on with Dak Prescott. It seems to be here. It seems to be a belief level and in, in, in belief in my protection and belief in what we're running and a belief in myself. And we had none of that at the beginning of the season. This has gone from a Dak Prescott can win us the Super Bowl to we can't win a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott playing this way. Are you confident, Dan, that he figures this out? And we've got a month left to go. They basically put the division on ice yesterday. So um, now what? I'm not confident that he figures it out, no. I'm confident in the man and the character that you hear about him, yes. And, and I'll bank on that. But I've got basically a month or five weeks of him playing at an incredibly high level, post-injury and post-contract, and then two months of playing at a poor level. And I'd say this, like, we've talked about this offense and their struggles recently. And we said, okay, well, the injuries, Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb and and Tyron Smith, those are part of it. And then the lack of, you know, RC kind of talked about the ability ability to be multiple. They used to be such a diverse run game. The run game right now is just run straight. There's no gap scheme or when they pull people. And so until I see that run game get back to being diverse and the health, like, I'm – here, the thing you texted yesterday, what was it about the puller? They, they pulled people four times yesterday for yeah. 26 yards. So when I mean pull people, pulling offensive linemen yeah. from inside out, they ran it. They did it four times for 26 yards. Math was at six and a half yards per carry. They're just not doing it enough. Mm-hmm. But I'm not confident enough right now that Dak Prescott is all of a sudden going to become the guy that we've known him to be when it comes to being owned in the pocket or owner of the pocket. Agreeny with you. And if you're a business owner, it can be tough to hire top talent. But when you post a job on Zip Recruit, or you get qualified candidates sent to you, then you can easily invite your top choices to apply. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter 
for free. Greening with Orlovsky and Ryan Clark. Let's get to the Packers. Um, you know, the Bears showed up to fight last night. They did. They and did they agree. fought Aaron Rodgers, but in the end, he's Aaron Rodgers. And RC, I, I keep pointing this out. I don't mean to bring up a game no, that I know real, you don't remember happily. It's real, though. But, you know, you played against him in the Super Bowl yeah. at a time when he was probably at his best. Mm-hmm. Is he better than that now? I think he is. I think he is because when you watch Aaron Rodgers, the accuracy, the velocity, the ability to make throws that other people can't make, that hasn't waned at all, right? None of that is missing. But I think it's his mental that has now taken a step up, understanding where the football is supposed to go each and every play. And then we see that, right? You see the consistency of making the smart play, and then you see the wild plays when the time is conducive to that. The, the throwback to, to Aaron Jones, the crossbody throw um, early on in the second quarter. And so when you see all of these different things about Aaron Rodgers and you look at what Devontae Adams can be you look at what Aaron Lazard can be you see what uh, Aaron Jones is you say okay this is the guy that is willing his team to win sometimes and last night when the Chicago Bears were playing well offensively they were getting special teams touchdowns if you looked at Aaron Rodgers he was never worried Mm. right there was never a point in the game where he began to press he said, okay, we're going to take this down. I'm going to make the right play. We're going to take the next down. I'm going to make the right play. And eventually those plays turned into huge football plays, and it was awesome. I, I can already tell, Dan's Mike. He, he, try that again. Yeah, is it working? We're good? No, I can already tell. It's not, they said it was working, but I could already tell it's not. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Tuesdays. Um, I agree. I think it's the best I've seen him play. I drafted the same year, played in the same division for a long time. RC touched on the willingness to take the easy throws, and that's where my appreciation with his performance is right now. It's not only the willingness to take those easy throws, it's the reverence and respect that he's giving them. The importance. It's not just an easy throw, and I don't have to be as focused or intentional in what I'm doing. It's That's a six-yard throw, and I'm going to throw it as perfect as I can to allow my guy to go get some yards after the catch. That's where my greatest appreciation is for him right now. The, the, the throw to Lazard on that deep crosser. RC talked about the Aaron Jones throwback, the ball to De- Devontae right before the half. Those are the wow throws that I've seen him make for 15-plus years. Mm-hmm. But it's so hard to be that talented and give respect and reverence to throws that guys like me Dan can make, right? Yeah. And I think yeah. that's why yeah. he has gone to a new level with his play. And, and then one final thing here, and we'll make this Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. And that is, let's just address the elephant in the room. When we opened Get Up this morning, we were talking about Aaron Rodgers and his toe. And in the very first response of the day, Rex Ryan said, and I quote, well, I am a toe expert. And that immediately started trending. And uh, RC, I noticed you just got up and walked away from the desk when it happened. Well, because what happens is I usually sleep through most of the six o'clock meeting. And so obviously I I would not have known had he said that. But the one thing about this show on Monday is we have people who are not afraid to be themselves Mm -hmm. and also make fun of themselves. Mm -hmm. And Rex was 10 toes down (laughs) when it came to Aaron Rodgers' toe. Uh-huh. Uh, he put both feet in, <laughs> and he refused uh, to take them out, per se. <laughs> um, and so when you think about a guy who is, is willing to have his feet firmly planted <laughs> in what we want to do on Get Up in the mornings, mm-hmm. uh, you just have to say that Rex is a guy uh, that will stand on the things he really cares about. <laughs> Danny, I don't know how you're going to top that. Any yeah. thoughts? 
I'm going to do my best to put my best foot forward uh-huh. like Rex did. No, it was, it was, RC is right. It was hilarious. And I love the fact that Rex owns it. I think it's endearing when you make fun of yourself. Um, it was hilarious. And it, it, again, it, there's, it, there's nothing he's, make fun is just a relative term. Like it's just something everyone is going to react to. But candidly, um, he didn't do anything wrong. And he is just hilariously funny. You guys are the best. Thank you for uh, muddling for sure. through here. A little technical difficulties. Always a pleasure. As we continue in just a moment, my takes will include the most embarrassing thing I saw in the NFL yesterday. And it wasn't even close. That's next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply it's demon time on prize picks where you can now win up to 100 times your money that's right 100 times your money With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and Goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stats types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to prizepicks.com slash greenberg and use code greenberg for a first deposit match up to 100 that's prizepicks.com slash greenberg code greenberg for a first deposit match up to 100 prize picks pick more pick less it's that easy greenies takes All right, Bubba, here we go with my takes. I got five takes coming off of yesterday's very interesting action in the National Football League. Number five. The Raiders embarrassed themselves. That Of all the things that happened in the sport yesterday, that was embarrassing. Who were the two guys on Buffalo that got asked after their game Monday night if they were embarrassed? Remember they got all put off? Yeah, that was uh, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. And Jordan Poyer. I hope someone asked the Raiders if they were embarrassed by what they did yesterday. Look, getting blown out by Kansas City, that is what it is. They were humiliated by them twice this year. They lost two games to them by a combined score of 89-23. to But I assume you've seen by now the way the Raiders started this game. They opened the game by gathering on the Chiefs logo at midfield and doing a big disrespectful team meeting sort of to get themselves hyped up in just pure disrespect of the home team Chiefs, who again had obliterated them a few weeks ago. And then proceeded to demolish them yesterday. So Rex was trying to come up with the right word to describe it. I gave him unmitigated goal. I gave him chutzpah. <laughs> Whatever it is you want to call it. The Raiders, that was a humiliating display. They're dancing on the logo. Then they go out. They gave up a fumble scoop score on the first play from scrimmage. And the game was never a game. 
That game was over immediately. So to me, that was one of the most embarrassing displays. Again, you get blown out, it happens. The Chiefs are good and the Raiders are bad. But to do the nonsense they did before that game started and then not back it up, that is the ultimate in talking the talk and then not walking the walk. Number four. Can you imagine if the Urban Meyer thing was happening in any other city? So so let's just make sure everyone is aware of what's going on. There's stories left and right about how Urban Meyer has lost complete control of what's going on in Jacksonville. Everybody hates him. It is a disaster of biblical proportion. Can we make clear, can I remind you that Trevor Lawrence is the number one quarterback prospect that we have seen in generations and was one of the best known college players ever? He was in the playoff Three to- uh, was it three times, right? All three years. He was only there three years. All three years he was there. So he walked into the league a superstar and has been largely forgotten. He threw four picks yesterday. It barely makes the talk shows. If this was happening in a different market, think about all the talk about the Justin Fields situation in Chicago. <laughs> think about all the talk about the Zach Wilson situation in New York. Neither of them are as bad as this. And it is an interesting indication of... You know, if you get things, you go get to go down to Jacksonville, maybe that anonymity is actually a benefit to Urban. Because if this was happening in New York right now, I can't even fathom what would be going on, right? No, no. If, if this was happening with the Giants, I'd just pick up the same exact situation. Or if it was the Jets, who easily could have had the number one pick in this draft. And if they had hired Urban Meyer instead of Robert Sala, and the circumstances were exactly the same, can you imagine the attention this would be getting and what people would be saying? This would be the number one, two, three, and four story uh, every single minute of the day in New York or any big market that actually cares about football. It's amazing. And it's not that the people in Jacksonville don't care about football, but it's just not like, I mean, look, Jacksonville, I love you. God bless you. And and I I hope that you're listening and I hope you enjoy the show. And again, in some way, this isn't your fault, but the, the Urban Meyer Trevor Lawrence thing is not getting one one hundredth the attention that it deserves. This is one of the true NFL disasters that we have seen in quite some time. And caught up in the middle of it is like the next John Elway. And this could be ruining him. This is a complete mess. Number three. All right, I looked it up. Someone does have to win the AFC North. Um, I actually did a little research into this because it looks so easy to figure that maybe nobody will. So I did the digging. I had Hembo look it up for me. And in the entire history of football, no team, no division has ever not had a champion. So someone's going to win this thing. And for the life of me, I have no idea who. And that was a crazy game. Now, as you know, a crazy day, excuse me. We know the Steelers lost on Thursday night. You had the Browns holding off the Ravens yesterday in what was a ridiculous game. Uh, Baker Mayfield, what can you say? I mean, whether it's the injuries or whatever it is, he's just not playing well. And then the Ravens losing Lamar Jackson. The Bengals losing a ridiculous game to San Francisco at home. They have no consistency. Someone has to win the division. For the life of me, who's it going to be? Hemba, who's going to win that division? I, I still say Baltimore. FPI says Baltimore as well because they, they just have an advantage. Like if we were to, if everyone was even now, you'd probably say Cincinnati. But Baltimore they have has a one-game one game advantage. Win. But how long is Lamar going to be out? It's a low ankle sprain. 
If they're going to play without Lamar Jackson, they're not winning any of these. Well, especially games. if Lamar, even if they, he does play, but he can't run nearly as effectively. You, it, it does call into question how how much gener, uh, offense they could generate. And the last weekend of the season, as you know, are all divisional games: Bengals mm-hmm. at Browns, Steelers at Ravens. One of those will probably be for the division. Someone has to win it. Number two, Josh Allen, I thought was freaking heroic yesterday. He had 417 yards of total offense yesterday. That was 90% of the Bills' total. They went deep into that game. I should have actually written the note down. At what point in the game were they when they actually handed the ball to Devin Singletary? It was the first running play that was not Josh Allen running with it of the entire day. Josh Allen had 12 carries yesterday. The next leading rusher on Buffalo had four. Four. The running back who had the most carries on the day for the Bills yesterday had four. Allen threw for 308 and ran for 112. I thought he might have been the best player in the NFL yesterday in a losing cause. And boy, did they get screwed. How many calls could they not get yesterday? I mean, that that was a, a tough game to watch if you were a Bills fan. And, and, I mean, he played you back in there. Josh Allen is every bit as good as people say he is. Yes? Do you have it there, by the way, when they called the first running play? Yes, the first run play was at the 11 o'clock mark in the third quarter. The 11-minute mark yeah, in, me, in yeah. the third mm-hmm. quarter. So they went 34 minutes of that game yesterday without a running play that was by anyone but their quarterback. (laughs) I mean, after a Monday night game in which the Patriots threw three passes against them, they decided they're not going to run the ball at all. So I have a lot of questions about the Bills and the way they coach it. I have no questions about their quarterback. That dude is a stud. Uh, And then finally, number one. Number one. Aaron Rodgers wants you to know his toe hurts. (laughs) I mean, has anyone ever wanted you to know anything more than he wants you to know that his toe hurts? By the way, he's got the best team. As I look around the league right now, I think they are the best team. Because he's that good, and they've become that good around him. And they're playing right now without Randall Cobb, but they'll get him back. Devontae is ridiculous. they got a bunch of other receivers. they got two really good backs and Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Defense is good. The Bears gave them a fight yesterday, but Aaron Rodgers is tremendous. Um, and and I look the amount that he's talking about his toe. I know it's rubbing a lot of people the wrong way, um, <laughs> but you know what? If you're going to play that well, I think you can say absolutely anything you want. Those are my takes coming out of yesterday in the National Football League, and that will bring us to what's on your mind, which is brought to you by My Computer Career Training for a Better Life. The assembled members of the Hashtag crew will now give us their takes from yesterday, and Nuno is our resident Giant fan. I don't even know what to say. I mean, here's what I will say. The state of New York football is, is, is so extraordinarily bad that if you watch the Jets yesterday, to say they weren't the worst team in town yesterday is really saying something. <laughs> like, you got to go a long way to be worse than the Jets were yesterday. But, Nuno, congratulations. The Giants <laughs> did it. Your thoughts? As I was listening, I was trying to figure out what to, what to just think going forward about this team. And there was two things. I was, I was listening to our friends, uh, DiPietro and Rothenberg, this morning. And they made Dave made two, actually, very good points. One is... Why is if if you believe Daniel Jones is your guy, you would be shutting him down with this neck injury, right? Like, and I know he's going for another uh, another opinion or another test today, and 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 so forth. But if you truly believed he was your guy, you would not be trying to get him back on the field this year. Mm-hmm. So that leads me to believe that he isn't this guy. You know, he isn't the guy. You you aren't sold on him. And two, 
and this leads into next Sunday's game, is you're at the point, except for next Sunday, because you just hate the Cowboys and the Cowboys fans so much, that you just want to them just, you're out like you want them to lose every game. Because if they don't lose every game and they run off, if you know, they went out, you know, two of the next three or whatever it is, that gives John Mayer a more incentive to bring back Joe Judge, and you can't have that. You need this to just, you know, on Sunday, that MetLife is going to be filled with Cowboy fans. It's going to be embarrassing. You just need it to end. You need them to just 0-4 and call it a day. I mean, they were so bad yesterday, right? I mean, that was that was a tough game to watch. I mean, I'm watching the Mike Glennon is playing quarterback, and, and Josh, not Josh, excuse me, um, Justin Herbert is – He's that dude, right? I mean, he's just so ridiculously good. They were so overmatched. And, you know, I guess he gives some credit to Judge with the fake punt and the— Oh, stop. The, Did you see that? That You know, I thought, about, I thought about you during that where yeah. they, that series where they had, like, the double reverse, you know, and try to and, yeah. and pitch it back, and then the flea flicker. It was— you know what happened? They Joe, John Mayer, or, or they let fans call the game, and they were like, hey, let's try this. And I thought about you. If you were the owner, that's what you would be doing. And yeah. I'm like, that's Greeny right there. It was It was terrible. so bad. It was the worst trick play oh. I've ever seen. And I don't know. I don't know what to say. I, I do believe now, look, you opened this uh, little uh, soliloquy <laughs> talking about Daniel Jones. I, I think that it is clear that – the person who is going to ultimately make that decision is not currently employed by the New York Giants, right? They clearly have to just start all over again. And whether Daniel Jones is your quarterback or not is going to be decided by somebody else. Yeah, for sure. Right now the Giants are scheduled to have the number five pick and the number six pick in the NFL draft. You know, We've talked a lot about Lewis Riddick and potentially others that might replace Dave Gettleman, but that is, I think, a fait accompli at this point. And it's sad to hear Nuno say, like, you're at the point in your season where you're rooting against your team. And when the Cowboys fans fill up MetLife next weekend, that is going to be embarrassing for ownership. Will one of those Cowboys fans be Bubba? Let's find out. We stop next with him. Bubba, what was your takeaway from your beloved Cowboys yesterday opening up a huge lead and then holding on for dear life at the end against Washington? Well, first things first, I think I absolutely made the right decision getting the uh, Micah Parsons jersey. Oh. Uh, week in and week out, he validates that decision because he, he is, is wearing a, For those of you not watching with us on ESPN+, Plus, Bubba is wearing a Micah Parsons jersey. That dude is so freaking good. Yep. I mean, like, like, like a defensive player, especially one who isn't like a corner or something, if you're just a fan, if you didn't coach it or play it, They've got to really jump off the page for you to notice them the way you notice Micah Parsons. He is unreal. Go ahead, Bubba. Sorry. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, very happy with him and very happy with this jersey. And he's just been unbelievable on defense. And they've just transformed the defense. That's been great. It's almost like what we've been talking about the Chiefs. Like, honestly, at this point, we're going to go as far as the defense take it because I agree with what Dan said earlier on Get Up. And what everyone's been saying, something is wrong with Dak. I don't know what it is, if it's the calf or just something because – he looks off. The offense looks off. Yeah, they had the huge lead, and then they just blew it. That pick six was terrible. So, obviously, we got the NFC East locked up. We got a three-game lead with four to go. But, you know, I maybe we'll win a playoff game, but I don't have too much confidence going in. I like to, I'm really curious to see how we play against Arizona in a couple weeks because that will be a, a fairly good measuring stick game, and we'll go from there. But I don't have too much confidence in this team as we get deep into the playoffs now because – I don't know what happened to Dak. Something, something's wrong with them. I don't know. I mean, I think the defense could maybe get us a game or two, and 
but I, I don't know. Something's wrong. I, I agree, and I don't know what it is. And I will give the benefit of the doubt to him because I like him. I'm always sort of predisposed to liking Dak Prescott, and I do believe in him, not as much as I believe in Mahomes, to compare those two teams there. you got the Chiefs and the Cowboys, both of whom we thought the defense was their um, was their weakness, was their Achilles heel. Right. And now for both those teams, it's become the strength. I have more faith in Mahomes to turn it around because he's that good, but I think Dak is too. I'm not sure what's going on there. It looks to me... Like Dan kept saying today, he's playing scared. He wasn't trying to suggest that Dak is scared, but playing scared is different. Rex said he's playing tight. I don't know if it's the pressure of the expectations, if it's the pre- I don't know if there's just a lot of – the Cowboys are a lot of cooks-in-the-kitchen kind of team. And when you got a lot of cooks in the kitchen, you got Mike McCarthy, who has an offensive philosophy. you got uh, Kellen Moore, who is the offensive coordinator and play caller. And you got Jerry Jones, who is everything – I, I I just wonder if there's just not a lot of stuff going on in, in Dak's head right now that he just needs to get rid of and just play. Because he's that good, I think. I do too. I, I think it's less likely to be mental. If we think about the, the way the season has shaped up, he was a legit MVP candidate for the first six weeks or so. Right. He missed the game, obviously, with the calf. And over the last six weeks, he has been a well-below-average quarterback. The, 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 the area right in between that we have to identify is the injury. To me, it's much likelier to be a residual effect of this injury. Maybe it was a lot worse than we were led to believe. He did miss a game because of it. Of course, there was a bye there, too. I think there's a decent chance. I think it's likelier that the calf is impacting him more than any other noise surrounding the team. That's fair, and, and it is also worth reminding us that he was coming back this year off of a devastating injury. So right. who knows mm-hmm. where all that factors in. All right, the uh, last member, and you are hearing him here, is hashtag Hembo of the assembled uh, hashtag crew. And your Eagles didn't play yesterday, so you can go wherever you want. What's your take? Well, my take is that there has never been a year quite like this in the NFL, because in all likelihood, if you're listening to this show, your team is still in it. Greeny, right now there are 26 hey, speak teams. for yourself there, buddy. Okay. Uh, there's two of us working on this show whose teams are no longer in it. Well, you guys don't usually listen to me. So right. anyway, what I'm saying is, right now there are 26 teams currently either in the playoffs or within one game of a playoff spot. Think about that. We have a month left in the season, and 26 out of 32 teams, their fan bases have a really good shot at least to make the playoffs. That is a very rare thing this time of year. I mean, it was December 13th, 26 out of 32. I think that's, that's amazing. Now, stat. again, they've added an extra playoff team right. as of last year, and mm-hmm. so that makes it a little more possible than ever before. But right off the top of my head, let's just, you're saying there are six teams that are out of it? There are six teams that are out of it. All right, so it's Jets, Giants. <laughs> I'm just going to name the teams that are out of it. Jets, Giants, Jags. That's right. Texans, uh, Bears. The, the Bears are not um, are they, they're not within yet. one, but, but they're not within one game of a playoff spot, are they? No, you're right, because the, the, the Giants and the Bears are both four and nine. The, the, the Giants, though, wait, are the Giants within a game because of the, the NFC? No. You, you missed the Lions, too. And the Lions. So the well, Lions. I was just trying, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, I, I, I named five. Is that the six teams? Yes, that's right. That's right. I'm looking at the bottom of the standings here. Lions, Jags. Texans, that's crazy. That's crazy. Those are the only teams that are out of it at this point. All right, well, if if you're not a fan of one of those teams, congratulations. It must be nice (laughs) (laughs) because my team stinks on ice. Uh, We will continue in a moment here. We will check in on a collection of people who are destined to be grouped together when, in fact, they have absolutely nothing in common. Greeny, the podcast. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Greeny with you. Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide. You can get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only $299. No contract. All on America's best networks. Straight Talk Wireless 5G capable device required. Actual availability coverage and speed may vary. Plenty of time for your hot takes today and we will get to them. But, you know, I mentioned there are five people who are forever going to be tied together. They will forever be compared against each other, even though their circumstances couldn't be more different. And they are, of course, the members of the quarterback class of 2021. I happen to know as much about them as I've ever known about any draft of quarterbacks because I, this was my first year ever hosting the draft. So I studied up on these guys more than I normally would. And, of course, the really famous quarterback classes in NFL history are the 83 class is always going to be the most, well, at least for the moment, remains the most. They had six guys go in the first round. Three of them are in the Hall of Fame. You had the 04 class, which is the Eli, Ben, and um, Rivers class. And there was another quarterback who went in the first round that year. I think it was J.P. Lossman who went in the first round. But you got three guys who were going to wind up in the Hall of Fame. You had the year that quarterbacks went one, two, and three when Donovan McNabb was in the middle and the other two guys busted. Um, one Tim, was Achilles Tim, Smith Tim, Tim and Couch, yeah. Tim Couch. And then you got this year where quarterbacks won one, two, three, 11, and 15 which is really something else when you think about it. So let's check in on where they all are. The guy who went number one, Trevor Lawrence, is dealing with the worst set of circumstances I can even imagine. They've hired Urban Meyer to be in charge of the franchise that he plays for. And Urban Meyer, I hate to say this, because while everyone else hates Urban Meyer, I don't. I've been around him a little bit. I've always gotten along with him just fine. I certainly see his flaws for what they are. But one way or another, he's lost he has no idea what he's doing. He is, it is a, an epic disaster. I mean, the ultimate failure is that situation. And is the owner willing to pay Meyer what it's going to take to fire him after one year? I think he has to because you cannot allow the only person in your organization who's infinitely more important than him is Trevor Lawrence. And if this thing is stunting Lawrence's growth slash destroying him, you can't let that happen. That's organizational malpractice. So that couldn't be worse. Couldn't be worse. The second pick was Zach Wilson to the Jets. And that's obviously, it's been not as bad, but it's been terrible. Yesterday, and I was just saying this a moment ago, you cannot blame Zach for everything. The Jets' primary offensive weapons yesterday were Jamison Crowder, Braxton Berrios, is Cole's first name Keenan? Whatever Cole Sr.'s first name is. And um, Denzel Mims, who was a second-round pick last year, who has no idea how to play football. 
and got benched after committing back-to-back ridiculous penalties. On one play, he doesn't know where to line up. So, I mean, he literally does not know what a legal lining up is meant to be. So, no quarterback could have succeeded where Zach Wilson was yesterday. That said, he also is to blame. So, that's a disaster. Trey Lance isn't even playing in San Francisco. And I'll tell you what's strange about that. You watched that game yesterday? Did you watch Jimmy Grapple? Jimmy did. Grapple is not good. He's not. He's not good. If they had a good quarterback there, San Francisco would be a Super Bowl threat. George Kittle is as good as any player in the NFL. He's the best tight end in the NFL. Travis Kelsey, he's good. No, no. Darren Waller, no, no. Kittle's the best. He's phenomenal. And um, they've got some pieces. But the quarterback plays what's holding them up. I'm surprised. I don't know what it says to us that Lance doesn't do anything anymore. He doesn't even go in there for the little package, you know, that they sometimes have with the other guy. So that's a strange situation. Fields is the fourth of the four of the five. I thought he played pretty well last night. Yeah, me too. He he did a pretty good job. That's a very good defense he's playing against. You know, the one the, the ultimate indignity is. Did you watch Andy Dalton the week before? Like, that's the guy Matt Nagy desperately wanted to play ahead of this kid? Can you believe that? It's a joke. Yeah. So I think with Fields, you're feeling pretty good. It's going to be based on who the leader is going to be next year. There's going to be a new coach, and let's see who it is and who's designing the offense he's going to run. I think you're feeling pretty good about him. We're sure there's going to be a new coach, right? I can't imagine there isn't, right? I mean, did you say that jokingly? or? Well, here's the thing. Like, I was coming in this morning, I was listening to the Sports Center all night on the radio, and they made note of the fact that he clinched, Matt Nagy clinched his first losing season in Chicago. It just sort of made me think, like, for as much bad press as Matt Nagy has gotten, he's actually done a decent amount of winning, hasn't he? He has. He has done um, more winning than his perception. Right. He's done less winning than the defensive talent that he's been allotted. That's right, too. And he has completely failed in his development of two quarterbacks who were drafted in the first round which is the most important reason he was brought there. So I do believe there'll be a new coach. Mac Jones goes without saying. He's he's just been ridiculous, and he's going to be the offensive rookie of the year, and he's been great. So those are the five guys. And Davis Mills, you know, is going to start the rest of the year in Houston. And if you listen to this show, you know I was telling you about him leading up to the draft. I think he has a chance to be a really good quarterback. They're tanking and have no talent. So he has no chance to really show what he can do. But he he threw for 300-something yards yesterday. I think he's pretty good. But I guess my point is, all the times I've said to you, more quarterbacks are ruined than developed. Mm. Are you going to tell me Trevor Lawrence can't play? That Zach Wilson can't play? That, that, that What you're seeing is just how important, how dependent upon the circumstances these guys are. The top two guys have no chance, none, to succeed in the circumstances they're in. And you just have to pray, if you're a fan of those franchises and a fan of the sport in general, that it doesn't destroy them that they will be able to recover from what is, at this point, a completely lost first season. All right, we've had a lot of takes in this hour. We'll have plenty of time for yours as we continue. Nuno's notes on the way. I'm sorry, Watt, with a bunch of good sound bites. And then your hot takes in hour number two as we roll on. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? 
to vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Had it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu.